So I'm really excited to be picking up where we left off last week. We started a brand new series, a brand new sermon series. Who remembers the title? Anybody? Shout it at me if you remember. You got something from it? Growing Pain. Somebody got something from it. Put it in the chat today. Growing Pains. Last week we did a collective sigh. Maybe we need to do it again this week in case you weren't here last week. Let's do it together. Ah, growing Pains, pains. You know, let's do the same thing we did last week in case your neighbor wasn't here. Let's give them the good news. Go ahead and tell your neighbor forgot one. Say, hey, this too shall pass. In Jesus' name, who receives it? Who receives it? Amen. And so I'm excited to dive deeper and unpackage the message really that the Lord has, has given us to talk about and have our conversation about. And, and all of us, every single person, is going through things, going through tests, going through trials, going through challenges. And so this message is really a hope, a prayerful hope for anybody who is currently in a desert place. Anybody? Don't be shy. Raise your hand. Hey, it's okay. It's okay to be in a desert place. If, and if you're not there now, don't check out because it probably won't be long and you'll find yourself in the desert places, actually living for God, living for Christ. If you're listening to his voice, you're obedient to his word, you're going to find yourself led. Somebody say led. Into some desert spiritual places. It's in those places that I have to remember I'm not just in relationship, but my faith is actually a process. And this is what we have to remember, that we are not trying to arrive. We're all trying to grow. Who's trying to grow? But I have to remember my growth is a process, not a destination. Right? I'm going to grow to new levels, and I'm going to go to new places in Jesus' name. And when I get there and I'm triumphant in Jesus' name, God's going to say, okay, we won that battle. Now let's celebrate and move on. Because i got some more things for you. If we have breath in our lungs, life in our body, God wants to be in relationship with us, and he wants to use us. Amen. And so we have to remember that God is for me even in the midst of my challenges, pain, circumstances. I shared last week, this, this message is a little more near and dear to my heart. It's a little more personal because I feel like right now as a church and even in our family, we're going through a lot of growing pains. We just added a brand new baby and not only is our family physically growing, but uh, we're experiencing things we've never experienced. Going from one child to two child children, I mean, uh, it is a lot. We're thankful. We love it. But, uh, man, I would be lying to you if I said last couple months haven't been challenging. We haven't been in the middle of some desert seasons, been in the middle of some, some growing uh, pains. Amen. But I want to use the Word of God, really out of James 1 was our foundational scripture. We'll read it here in a moment. That the, 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 the challenges that present themselves in our lives are actually opportunities for God to get the glory. And it's all in my faith and in my obedience and how I respond to those opportunities that either gives Jesus the glory, right, or I, I stay stuck in my comfortability or stuck in my pride or stuck in my sin or stuck in my ways, and I don't experience growth, and it's because I'm too stubborn. Tell your neighbor, don't be stubborn. Right? Don't be stubborn. Let's, let's let the Lord use us and grow us and take us to new places. Who wants to go to new places in Jesus? Right? See, everyone does, right? but none of us want to put in the, 
Lord. Let's look at that first point as we go ahead and got a couple recap points. We'll get into the, the new part of our message today. So last week we said this. Unlike physical growth, spiritual growth is not, say not, is not something that just happens. Right? Xander's going to be two next week. It's crazy. And he just, without nothing happening, he just grew up to be two years old. Some of us grew up to be 60 years old. Some of us are 50. Some of us are 40. That just naturally happened. Hey, spiritually, you're not going to just grow into a mature Christian. It won't just happen. You got to do something by faith to cultivate that, right? So growth must be intentionally pursued and cultivated. If we want to grow, we have to put in the effort and remain committed to God's path no matter what it looks like. And this is where we need to choose faith. No matter what the path looks like, no matter how hard it may currently seem, no matter how painful it may currently seem, if I heard God say it, and I was obedient to it, and now I'm in the blessing, and see the enemy wants to come in and pervert God's blessing and turn it into a curse, right? Marriage is all across the face of this planet. You might be sitting next to your spouse. You prayed for the spouse that God gave you, and now when things go awry, things go wrong, it's always their fault. They're wrong, and I'm right. What has happened? <laughs> for your watching online, that was my wife is shouting amen at the top of her lungs. What happened? The blessing that was intended to bless you because of your lack of faith, because of your lack of, 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 of seeing the vision of God, you've turned it into a... We have two amazing children. I love them. And I told you last week, we are just up to our necks and eyeballs and diapers. And if I don't, if I, if, I, if I don't stay in that thankful place, the biggest blessing in life is children. And there are people struggling to have children. And we're blessed with two amazing boys, two amazing kids. And the enemy wants to creep in and take my blessing. But I heard God say, I'm supposed to marry my wife. I know she's the woman I'm supposed to marry. I, I heard God say we're supposed to have kids. And so I know I'm on the path that God called me to. And no matter how hard it may get, how challenging it may get, no matter how much sleep or lack of sleep that Ian gets, I have to be thankful. I see it as growing pains. And this too, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Right? See, everyone wants to grow. Growing sounds good. Growing sounds sexy. Growing sounds awesome. See, I want to be spiritually ripped and cut up and stomping on serpents and demons and Jesus. I want to preach and prophesy and I want to sing songs. I want to play drums. I want to lead children's church. But I don't want to sit and read my Bible for 20 minutes. I don't want to go to a small group because I got so much going on in the week. I don't want to get in relationship with somebody who's been there, done that. Am I stepping on some toes yet? Hey, see, I want to get to the spiritual high place, but I don't want to do the fundamental work and be in relationship with God and relationship with others to catapult us to the next level. Look at James 1, 2 through 4. And this was the scripture we used as we kicked this off. It was really our foundational Scripture for this whole message. If you're trying to stand and fight and win, you know, you got to build everything that you, you believe and fight with on the Word of God. 
right? And so that's where we have to start. And, and, and James is really saying what we've been saying all morning long so far. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity. There's that word for great joy. I don't know about you, but when I experience problems and challenges, I don't always choose joy. That's tough. But there's an opportunity for us to do that, right, by faith. So uh, verse 3 says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. If you haven't already highlighted that word, underline it, start it from last week, do that. The title of our message is Growing Pains. So there's a chance when our faith is tested to grow, it says. Verse 4, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So God uses, according to James 1, he uses our growing pains to grow and to develop. To develop character, to develop the right and wrong ways to live, the right and wrong ways to respond, the right and wrong words to use. He wants to grow. We said last week, we can't ever outgrow the fact that we need to grow. We're never going to outgrow the fact that I need to keep growing. I need to keep educating myself in the Word of God. I've been a Christian for over 10 years, and I still have a lot of questions about this book. There's a lot of hidden treasures in this book. Every year I get more revelation, but I'm never going to know all the answers. But I have to be a diligent of the Word, of dividing the Word. Just because I'm a pastor and maybe you're, you're not, it doesn't change that same commandment from God. If you love God, you should want to know who he is. If you're married, you want to know who your husband or your wife is, right? You've got you to have some tough conversations. You gotta, you're going to go through some stuff. It's the same way with our Father, our Heavenly Father. So we said last week, I had a little question for you. So are your problems, are they defining you or are they developing you? Are the challenges and problems that we just read about in James 1 opportunities for you to grow when those things happen? Do you just shut down? Do you get mad? Do you get angry? Do you just give up? Do you just throw in the towel? Do you throw a temper tantrum? If you do that, that problem is what? It's defining you. Not only is it defining you, it's making you act a certain way. The problem has become your God. You have bowed down and worshipped the problem of problems. Or are you using those problems, trials, tests that God wants to use to purify us, curate us, mold us, and shape us into stronger children of God as an opportunity to be developed and to grow and to go to new levels and places in Jesus' name. Look at that next point. It's the last one we said last week. So we said no matter what the path looks like, in the midst of growing pains, i got to be committed, right? I have to pre-decide. And so God's path is not usually the road of least resistance. See, we got to get away from, I'll stop there for a moment, we got to get away from this false gospel that says, living for Jesus means I don't have any problems in my life. Right? That's a false idea. Right? Can you live for Jesus more than just on the good days? Did you hear what I said? Can you worship Jesus more than just on the good days? When things went right according to your plans. When the things went right according to 
your will? What happens when they don't go according to your plans or your will? Right? See, I have to be committed to the path no matter what it looks like, and I have to recognize that living for God means I'm on the path of I'm, I'm on the past path of most resistance. Jesus preached to go the extra mile. The Israelites, there was a Roman law that said if a Roman soldier asked you to carry all of their gear, you had to legally do it for one mile. And Jesus said, don't just do that. Go the, God's path is the past path of most resistance. To do the good, I got to go extra mile, right? So we have to remember this when the test and the trials and the pushback come against my life. Sorry, let's continue there. That next, the rest of that point, it says, it's full of challenges, questions, pain, and hardships. There will always be plenty of opportunities for us to simply give up and even doubt in our faith. Remember this. This is the good part. Pushback declares your progress and the promise. The pushback, if you're on God's path, it declares the progress and his promise for your life. It could maybe actually be confirmation that I'm doing the right things. Because if I'm doing the right things, you know what? I become a threat to the enemy. And so if I'm doing the right things, these things may be going wrong in my life because God's saying, you're doing what I told you to do. Have faith, be strong. Trust me, trust the process. And we're moving in the right direction, right? Living for God is not the absence of challenges. It is the presence of his grace to overcome those challenges. It's not the absence of problems, not the absence of all the things that the world has to throw at us. It's the presence of his grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor. Something that I get that I don't deserve. Unmerited favor to abound in faith. To fight and win. Unmerited favor and grace to do things that I probably shouldn't even be doing, but I get to do. Because God sees the potential locked inside my life. Man, some of y'all, you're so negative on yourself. God sees all the potential locked inside of you. Why? He put it there. He made you. Now tap into that potential. See, potential is a funny word because there's so much positivity, but there can be so much negativity. Because the potential can either be used or ignored. And so if you have potential, that's a good thing, but we're talking about growing. Are you doing anything with that potential? Or is it just sitting on the shelf collecting dust? Or are you submitting that gift, submitting that potential onto the Lord and saying, you know what, by faith I want to, you gave me this, I want to give it back to you no matter how painful the challenges may be, no matter how far you want to take me. And God will take you farther than you ever thought. Amen. He will. He'll take you farther than you ever thought. You'll experience things you never thought you would ever get the joy of experiencing. And he wants to do that for each and every one of us. Amen. So let's, let's look at that ne next point. Should be your first new point on your outline today. And so I kind of wanted to pick up where we left off. I, I said last week we're going to talk about spiritual toughness today. 
And so we got to start really where most people give up. And so we can't allow the pushback we experience in the midst of growing pains to dictate our lives. When we bow down to our problems or bow out because of adversity, it's usually because we're lacking the spiritual maturity and spiritual toughness to stay the course. So when we experience pushback, we said the pushback actually declares the promise, the progress, the process. But if we forget to remember that, what happens? The pushback may get too hard. It may get too painful. And I see it over and over again, too many believers and Christians abandoning the promise at the last hour. God's about to bless them. They've been on this course. They've been on the path. They're, they're jumping through the spiritual hoops, so to speak. They're, maybe they're praying for a spouse. Maybe they're praying for deliverance from their drug addiction. Maybe they're praying for deliverance from their porn addiction. Maybe they're praying for deliverance for restore relationships. And God's like, the blessing's right there. But the pushback is coming against their life because we're in a, a spiritual war, you know that, between good and evil. And when the problem becomes the problem, instead of bowing down and worshiping Jesus through the tests and trials, they bow down and they worship the pushback. And they say, this is too hard. You know what? I remember my Savior preaching, a, not preaching, praying a prayer. It sounded kind of like this. Father God, if this cup is able to pass, but nevertheless, say that with me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done in heaven. What did Jesus recognize? What did Jesus know? Not only was he going through some growing pains, he was about to turn the world upside down and backwards. He knew he was doing what God called him to do, and he knew the lies of the enemy were trying to come against his life, deceive him into giving up. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful my God didn't give up on me. I'm thankful my God was captivated enough to go to the cross for my sins and to redeem me and set me free. So how many blessings are you jumping ship the last minute too early? God's about to grow you and take you to the next place, and you bowed out. Get this. Maybe you've surrendered your call and your blessing that God wanted to give you to somebody else who stays faithful. I think I've said this before. I wonder, I wonder how many dudes were supposed to be your campus pastor. And I'm just thankful enough that I didn't jump ship. That I stayed faithful. And I did what continued to do what God calls me to do. It's an honor to be your pastor. But I feel like I, I feel like I'm in somebody else's shoes. Maybe you're in somebody else's blessing shoes. Anybody? You know how blessed you are? Amen. A couple of you. That keeps us what? It keeps us honest. It keeps us thankful. It keeps us believing and expecting for more. See, I said everybody wants to grow, right? Everybody wants to be the mature. Help me, Lord. The mature one. The spiritual mature one, right? I want to be the mature one. You know, you can't get to spiritual maturity without first being spiritually tough. How do those get to be spiritually mature? 
They were tough enough to stay when it got tough enough. When it got tough, they believed in Jesus. When it got tough, they hit their knees. When it got tough, they reached out for help. And because they've stayed the course of faith, they've went through some things, some growing, th- growing pains. They are now tough. And they have become spiritually mature. Because they believed when it got hard. They believed when it got tough. If we want to reach spiritual maturity, we first need spiritual toughness. I want to read Joshua 1, 6 through 9. I know this is a familiar passage of Scripture. Maybe some of us have Joshua 1, 9 on our wall somewhere, on a coffee cup or a T-shirt, Bible bag, I don't know. But uh, this, this verse and this passage of Scripture, just, just Lord reminded me of this Scripture. I want to put it into context before we read it together. So Moses has just passed away. Well, who knows who Moses is? He wrote the Ten Commandments, led the Israelites out of Egypt, the bondage of slavery. He has been faithful to God, and God told Moses that you've brought my people out, but you're not going to see the promise. Actually, Joshua, one of his right-hand men, were the ones that was going to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And so right here, the Lord is affirming that call, affirming what he said over Joshua. And I wish I could read Joshua's mind. As we read this, because Joshua's been there through all of this, he knows how disgruntled the people have become can get. If you read your Old Testament, you know they get pretty crazy. They love, they love God, and then they make idols, golden calves, and they forget about God, and they get mad at Moses. And he's probably thinking, what am I about to do? Right? He's going through some growing pains. But does it change the call of God on his life? No, and so what I want you to get from this is I want you to get what God says to him. He, he speaks to him like a father would speak to him, I think. And so first, right out of the gates, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. That sounds like spiritual toughness to me. That sounds like the Lord is saying, I need you, Joshua, to be spiritually tough, not just for you, but for my people. Right? He says, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land. We said that, that pushback declares the promise. Right? He's saying you're going to have pushback, but I'm going to lead you into the promise. The promised land. To their ancestors, I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them. Turning either to the right or to the left, then you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book, instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Put this in the chat if you're watching line. God is with me. If you got a neighbor, you can tell them. Say, God is with me and you. God is with me and he's with you. Three times in that passage, God says, be strong and be courageous. Why do we need to be spiritually tough? God commands us to be, but also in order for us to do the things that God is calling us to do, we have to be strong enough to pass the test of pushback. Pass the test of problems. Pass the test of offenses. Pass the test of 
everything. But can come against us at times. Whether it's Monday afternoon, Thursday morning, Saturday evening, Sunday morning. Sometimes you ever feel like you, you have like a family breakout on your way to church? And you're like, you're on your way to church to worship Jesus and you're fighting with your wife. Or fighting with your husband. Like, what the heck is going on? Right? We got to be spiritually tough, guys. And I wonder if the American church has gotten so... We've gotten it so backwards, I wonder. If comfortability has become the biggest distraction for us. If we've gotten so comfortable that we won't let God use us. I know it's kind of warm in here. Anybody else thinking the same thing? Anybody been on a mission trip? Man, they don't have AC. They don't have a concrete floor. Y'all, they don't even have chairs. Y'all, and they worship Jesus like he's their everything. Some of y'all are sitting there thinking, man, it's hot in here. I can't even hear Pastor Ed. Right? We got to be spiritually tough to go where God has called us. We must be strong, courageous. We must be tough enough to keep going and carrying the mantle of Jesus. Look at that next point. So your victory, my victory, the church's victory, your family's victory, your kids' victory, your grandkids' victory is all going to require supernatural strength and faith. And it starts and stops with you and me. We got to believe so much. We got to believe so hard. We've got to tap into the supernatural power of Jesus Christ because that's the only way I'm going to be spiritually tough. It's only way I'm going to be spiritually strong enough. It's the only way I'm going to be spiritually able to believe by faith that he can, right? The strength we demonstrate in the desert places, get this, determines our reward. As God's children, we must remain faithful, determined, and strong. Our pain can't stop us, guys. It's got to move us. If God's telling you to do something and you're like, God, oh, that's going to take so much time and effort. That pain in that place, it can either move you or stop you. That pain of spiritual growth, growing pains, it has to move us to a place of faith and not stop us and keep us stuck, right? Here's the thing. Our enemy, and I know this, is real. Here's the good thing. And what we're doing is important. And what you're doing is real and valuable, and important, and you better believe that the enemy knows what you're doing is important and valuable. Why else would he want to come against you? Because he sees and, and recognizes and understands that if you could just believe enough to stay the course and believe enough to keep doing what God is calling you to do, man, heaven would come to earth. You'd get set free, your family would get saved. Oh my gosh, check this out. You'd actually walk and live in joy? Get this, you'd actually love your spouse? You'd honor your spouse? You'd respect your spouse? You might get along with some people you, you work with at work? The enemy's like, if he would just grab a hold of this, if he would actually grab a hold of this, man, we'd be in trouble. 
we got to remember what we're doing is real and important. we got to remember that we're fighting a real enemy. And we got to remember that, hey, if I'm doing what God's called me to do, it ain't going to be easy. It's probably going to get harder. It's going to get tougher. Our enemy's not going to give up. Does anybody believe that? Then why would you? He ain't going to give up. Why are you rolling over so easy? Why are you giving up so easy? Why are you throwing in the towel so easy? If we're not growing in our relationship with God, we won't be strong enough to stay faithful, determined, enough to do what needs to be done. Last week I left you with homework, right? Anybody remember what it was? I asked you, what was the last thing God asked you to do? Then I asked you, did you do it? Then I asked you, why or why not? Did anybody do that this week in your quiet time? Maybe when you got home last week? The answer to that question, did I do what God asked me to do last? Why or why not? Reveals where I truly am. Because I don't get a new task until I do the last thing God asked me to do. Right? So if I want to be strong enough and determined enough to do what needs to be done, i got to respond to his voice to do what needs to be done no matter how painful. Even if that means i got to go to my wife or my husband and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> Is that too painful? You're choosing your rightness. Is that a word? Over the voice of the Holy Spirit that says, I'm not going to release you to the next test, trial, blessing until you do the last thing I told you. Are we spiritually tough enough? I don't know. God wants us to be spiritually tough and responsive to what he's asked us to do and what needs to be done. Right? Our pain will either stop us or move us. And what you're doing is important. I want to read Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Does anybody recognize this? Passage of Scripture, it's right before Jesus launches his ministry on earth. Before he goes and heals lepers, heals cripples, turns water into wine, multiplies the bread and the fish, God says, I want you to go fast and pray for 40 days in the desert slash wilderness. Before you get to do all the cool stuff, I want you to be obedient to my voice, no matter how painful. Before Jesus could go, I believe he had to grow in the desert place. And so, y'all, he fasted in the desert for 40 days. We just read that. Okay, Jesus, he's Messiah. Y'all, some of us want to make it 40 minutes without going without something to eat. Anybody ever watch that show alone? It's an awesome show if you never watched it. Basically, they go out and live in Alaska alone. They got to film themselves. Some make like 120 days. Jesus went 40 days without food. And then, so some of us maybe were like 40 days is the finish line. No, then the enemy comes and tempts him. The enemy comes and tempts you when you're at your weakest. Our God's triumphant. Amen, let's read it together. 
verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led by the what? The Spirit. The Spirit of God will lead you into desert places. You better highlight that. Don't forget that. To be tempted by the devil. The point was to be tempted by the enemy. But Jesus wins, right? Verse 2. Then 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Y'all say that with me. Very hungry. You know that's an understatement. Probably the biggest understatement in the whole Bible, right? He became very hungry, and then the enemy comes. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you're the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. He attacks them at his weakness. He has become very hungry, and Jesus would probably do just about anything to get some food. He says, you're the son of God. You could turn these stones and loaves of bread. I believe Jesus could probably do that. What does Jesus do? He says, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, at the highest point of the temple and said, if you're the son of God, jump off. Now he uses the word to tempt Jesus. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up at their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak, a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. He said, I'll give this all to you. He said, if you kneel down and worship me. You all know Jesus knew it always wanted him anyway. If you just kneel down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. You must not worship your Lord. Excuse me. You must worship your Lord and your God and only serve him, for the scriptures say. Then the devil went away, and the angels came and took care of Jesus. I never noticed that before. The angels came and took care of Jesus. Because I believe every ounce of strength, spiritual toughness that was locked inside of him, all that potential of the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Messiah, just came out in triumph over the enemy. But now it took a test. It took a trial for him to go to the next level and be released to do what God has said. Guys, our desert places for you and for me are metaphorical today. Ain't none of us really, somebody say really, in a desert. It's metaphorical for you and for me. But guess what? The path to victory remains the same. It's this right here. It's this right here. Who's got a sword? Who brought their Bible to church? Not just on your phone. Who brought their, their Bible with the, with the, the pages? This is the path to victory. The word of God, knowing who you are, knowing that there's plans for you, Jeremiah 29, 11. Knowing that God is for you, John 3, 16. Knowing that you can accomplish anything through Christ, who gives you strength, Philippians 4, 13. I'm just kind of plucking some verses out of the Bible. But if you don't read it and know it, are you going to grow? Are you going to go? We need to know his word. We need to fall in love with his word. It's a love letter to his church. 
We need toughness, and we need to invoke the word of God. When's the last time you invoked this word over your problem, over your desert, over your tests, over the devil in Jesus' name? We said, not today, devil, because Jesus says I can. Right? Look at that next point. When we see our growing pains for what they are, it, it highlights the fact that we see we're in a spiritual battle. There is a battle going on in the spiritual realms that are just as real as, as reality can be. We, we may not can see it or, or feel it at all times, but it's going on. In the spiritual realm, the, the war and battle between good and evil. Right? Battle for your soul. Right? To win souls, make disciples, and destroy the works of the devil, it's going to take an army. Who is trying to win souls, make disciples, and destroy the works of the devil? Anybody in this place? I hope more than one or two or three, because if you're not, you're probably at the wrong church. You might need to find a new church, because that's our mission statement at Liberty Church. And that's our mission statement, because we believe everything that Jesus did ties into those three statements. He won souls to heaven. He discipled those souls in truth, and he destroyed the works of the devil. But hey, it's going to take more than Pastor Ian. It's going to take more than Pastor Jessica. It's going to take more than Pastor Keith and Kelly. It's going to take an army of believers that are spiritually tough enough to stay the course. God wants his army what? Tried, tested, and tough. And this is what I know. No guts, no glory. What do I mean by that? It's going to take guts. It's going to take gumption for you to say, you know what, man, this is getting hard. But I believe Jesus is with me. He's for me. It's going to be so awesome when God answers that prayer and we enter into the promised land. And when we get there, we're going to celebrate and worship Jesus. Then he's going to take us farther and do some more awesome, amazing things. It's going to take faith. It's going to take guts. And guess what? You don't get to see the glory and the promises and the awesome, miraculous signs and wonders that follow those who believe if you don't have faith and guts. And toughness. He tries his children. He tried and tested, and his son was tough in the desert. You better believe we're not exempt from being tested, tried for our spiritual maturity, spiritual authority even. Maybe God's not going to release that authority mantle over your life until you get through this thing, this little trial you're going through. And God's like, if he'll pass, if he can pass this test, I can trust him. If she can get through this, I can trust her. And he's just waiting for us to respond. I believe there is no give up in the Spirit of God. I don't believe there's no give up in the Spirit of God. That's some good news. If there's a give up inside of me, I am not being led by the Spirit of God. There is no give up in the Holy Spirit. He will do whatever it takes to get you to the finish line. I said last week, I don't care how you move forward, but you need to stay moving forward, right? If you're strong enough right now to run, keep running, set a pace. But if you can't run, better walk. Hey, and if you're not even strong enough to walk, y'all, get on your hands and knees and crawl. As long as you are moving forward on the path that God has called you to, there is no give up in the Spirit 
of God, it's going to take an army. And you better believe God makes sure that his army is battle-tested. Who's been in the military? Anybody? One, two, God bless you, gentlemen. I've been in the military, too. I was in the Navy. This is what I know, and I know these gentlemen understand as well, no matter what branch you served in, you go to a place called boot camp. And uh, it's funny when you get around other guys who've been in the military, you exchange a lot of stories. There's some good stories. But this is what I know about our military. They equip and prepare their army to do the things that need to be done. And guess where they start? The basic levels. And this is what I know. You got to be tough. This is what else I know. In boot camp, you can't just give up. You can't say, whoa, 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 this ain't for me. Can you send me home? No, no, no. You're committed to the path. There is no choice. And so I wonder if that's a problem with the church. Maybe we have too many choices. So you got a plan B. You're going to try Jesus until it either gets too painful and hard or you just don't answer your prayer. And then you'll just buy a secular book or read a secular documentary and hope to find the secret to my success. See, God doesn't want to use people like that. He wants people that love him for who he is, not what he can do for them. God wants his army tested, tried, and tough because I know a real army prepares their men and women for battle. God wants to prepare you in the boot camp places, in the growing pain places, to prepare you to win. Now, we did all sorts of crazy stuff in boot camp. And we did push-ups for hours. I remember sitting in the push-up, they called it the thinking position, for like 10 minutes. I'm talking about the potential that's locked inside of you they didn't even know you could do. I didn't know that Ian could stand in the push-up position for 10 minutes. It took somebody over me to see that potential inside of me to draw it out of me. Come on, somebody. You can do things in the name of Jesus that you don't even know that you can do, but God needs you to stay put in the thinking of this position. Y'all remember marching? Man, we used to march together. We used to go out. It was like one, two, three, you're four. You're one, two, three, you're four. We did everything together. Whenever we were going somewhere, we were marching together. We had a soul, plan, purpose, vision together. We walked in step. We marched in step. We ran in step. So church, I wonder, are we not getting to where we want to go because we're not marching together? We are not running, moving in the same direction. Pastor Keith, Pastor Ian says, we're going this way. But see, I got some plans. I got some choices. I'm going this way. Pastor Keith, Pastor Ian says, we're going this way. Yeah, but I see, I hear you, but I'm busy that weekend. 
I got choices. Are you really that busy? Y'all, it's going to take an army. It's going to take faith. It's going to take your neighbor, your brother, your sister. And we can do some amazing things if we stick together, right? Look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, but on all of, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world. We're at war. Whether you want to be or not, the spirit, the evil spirit of Antichrist is at war with your soul every morning when your alarm clock goes off. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavy places. Therefore, put on, somebody shout, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be what? Standing firm. And then he goes on to talk about the armor of God that we need to be clothing, adorning every single day. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel, shield of faith, the, the sword of the spirit. Our only, offensive, our only offensive thing that we wear or, or put on or adorn is what? This. The word of God is how we fight. And God equips his people. He equips his army with appropriate tools, gifts, equipment. How funny would this be? The soldiers of real war. An army sergeant, a, 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 a Navy Marine or a, a, a Marine infantry going into battle without none of his gear. Is he going to live? Is that guy going to go into the battle without his gun, without his helmet, without his bulletproof vest? Then why every single day do Christians neglect to open up their word? Why do every single day I say, yeah, I hear Pastor Ian said I'm in a spiritual war, you know what, but I'm going to wing it today. I'm going to listen to secular music all day in my car. I'm going to listen to sports talk radio. I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing today. And if I get home and I'm miserable, well, then so be it. I guess the devil had his way with me. No, you didn't do what God asked you to do. You didn't take advantage of the equipment God has prepared for you. The mind of Christ, the helmet of salvation that seals my thoughts, that seals his word, the breastplate of righteousness that can repel arrows of lies of the enemy, the shield of faith that says, you know what, not today, devil. Instead of, oh, you know what, that sounds kind of right. Maybe I did. Maybe th that person did offend me. They did say that, and they meant that. What happened? You didn't block that arrow. Now it's living in here. Living in doubt, living in lies, living in darkness. All because the army of God is not seeing their growing pains for what they are. They're seeing them as something that just wants to keep us. And God wants to move us. Right? Look at Ephesians 3.20. I said no guts, no glory. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty what? At work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might think or imagine. But, there's a but, God's glory, but it's going to take obedience. It's going to take faith on the front end to experience the glory that's inside of you. To go to the places you don't even know you can go to, it's going to take faith 
on the front end. This is what I know. Man, man, I want some supernatural things to happen in my life, in our family's life, some supernatural things to happen in our church. Anybody else? Man, you need some spirit, supernatural things. Bless them in Jesus' name. This is what I know about how, how awesome our God is, but he is also real practical. And so if I want God to do the super, I got to do the, the natural. See, I want supernatural things. I'll just say, oh, God will do it. I can sit on my couch, eat Funyuns, drink Coke, watch my favorite shows, and God's just going to bring me that spouse. Or, you know what, I, I, God can deliver me from that sin, but you know what, I, I don't really, I'm doing good right now. I, I could probably go to the bar and, and not drink or hang out with those friends and not do the bad things. I'm doing good right now. For God to do the supernatural things, I need to do the natural things that he's asked me to do. And then the supernatural things happen because I had enough guts to say, yes, God, and no to the devil, I get to experience his glory. Look at that last point. So this is what I know. Nothing compares to God's glory. Who's experienced it? man, in your prayer time, in your quiet time, and maybe it was worship here at LCHP, there's nothing like the glory of God. But get this, to witness it, it's going to cost us everything. To witness his true glory, it's going to take all sacrifice. It's going to take every little bit inside of you. You can't have a plan B. One of our vows, me and Jessica's wedding vows, that was one of my vows, to Jessica, that I don't have a plan B. No matter how overweight I get, <laughs> if I lose my teeth, lose my hair, you're stuck with me, babe. Right? There's no plan B. And I know she doesn't have a plan B. What does that provide? Security, and it allows God's glory to live in and through us. Right? God's toughest children, get this, see their growing pains as small sacrifice for something bigger. Our battle scars, they identify and seal us as God's children forever. Our temporary pains, our eternal gains. Your temporary hard place is God's eternal launching place. Come on, somebody. Your temporary growing pains right now is God's eternal glory in the later, in the future, in your forever. But it's going to cost you everything. And this is what I know about going through pains. This is what I know about an army. You're going to get beat up. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to have some scars. You're going to be battle-ridden. You know what the cool thing is about scars is? They tell the best stories. They tell the best journeys. I'd have to take some of my clothes off up here. I'm not going to do that to spare y'all. But I have some scars. And whenever somebody sees it, it, it provokes a conversation. And so I wonder if God maybe wants us to stop hiding some of the scars that I've been through and invite some people to come see what God has brought me through. Come on, somebody. For God to get the glory. I know somebody who's got some scars. His name's Jesus. His hands, his feet, 
his sides, all for the love of God. You want to talk about a story? Some of you have some scars. God is with you. Jesus' scars tell a story of the redemption of God. Look at Galatians 6, 14 through 17. This is Paul. Listen to what he says. He says, as for me, I may never boast about anything except the cross of my Lord Jesus. Because on that cross, my interest of this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. Are you so interested and intrigued by the world that you've lost sight of the cross? The cross should be the most beckoning thing on the planet. He says, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. Get this. For I bear on my body the, what does it say? The scars that show I belong to Jesus. Y'all, your scars declare that you belong to Jesus. Come on, somebody who's got some scars. I got some. I've been hurt. I've been offended. I've been through some stuff. But it declares that I belong to Jesus. It declares that you belong to Jesus. And the growing pains means I got some eternal gains. Come on, Jesus. Look at Romans 16 through 18. Our scars are firm. They declare that we belong to Jesus. It says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs in God's glory. No guts, no glory. No scars, no glory. No sacrifice, no glory. No guts, no eternal reward. He says, but if we are to share in his glory, get this, we must also share in his, no guts, no toughness, no glory. Yet, what we suffer now has nothing compared to the what? Glory he will reveal to us later. My growing pains now our eternal gains later. Come on, Jesus. The last thing I want to leave you with is John 16, 33. We started at the beginning of this. We said, ah, oh, growing pains, right? Growing pains. Yeah, I want growth, but do I want to do the work? God is with you. We read in jo uh, Joshua today. And I want you to remember who your God is and that you can make it because listen, look what Jesus said. He said, I have told you all these things so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials. You will have many sorrows. You will have many growing pains. I added that in for free. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Take heart. Have faith. Believe. Trust because I have overcome those things. Your problems can't define you if you don't let them. Our problems don't define us because my Savior does. Come on. My Savior defines me. He defines what I can do. He says, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm set free. He's for me, not against me. He's with me. He's fighting for me, it says. He says, I have overcome. I have overcome. Are you overcoming today? Are you abounding 
and the hope of Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor this. Last thing I want to say. Tell him this. Tell him this hopeful secret. Say this too shall pass. In Jesus' name, who receives it? Who receives it? Come on. You got a Savior that overcomes, and you can tap into him. Amen. Y'all pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And we thank you that no matter what desert season or growing pain we may be in, we declare that, that this too shall pass. And it's not just going to pass, God. We're going to arrive at a victorious finish line. And when we get there, we're going to say, what's our next order, God? What's our next mission, God? I'm excited to suffer for you, God. Jesus, you were suffering for us, but I wonder if there was an excitement on the inside that said, you know what, when this is over, they're going to get it. When this is over, they're going to see. When this is over, it's going to be worth it. When this is over, I had to spill my guts, but God, I'm going to receive the glory of my Father. God, let us see the glory. Let us have the guts and the toughness to stay on the course that you have us on. If you're here today in the sanctuary or watching us online and Jesus is your Lord, I want you to, to pray for the lost right now, please. If you know somebody lost, pray for them right now. If it's a family member or a friend, pray for the lost. What I want to do is if you're here in the sanctuary or watching us online and Jesus Christ is not your personal Lord, he's not your Savior, I want to change that today. Why would you go another day without wondering, where am I going to go when I die? Or wondering if God loves me or if Wondering if God has forgiven me. I'm here to tell you, God is for you. He loves you. He wants to invite you into the family of God today to be adopted as a son or daughter, it says. So if you want to make that decision right now, no one's looking at you, no one's watching you, I promise, we're praying for you. What I want you to do is I want you to stand up right now. Physically, stand up in this place to say, you know what, I hear God speaking to me right now. He's speaking to my heart. I hear the message God is saying. I want, I want to change that. Give you a few seconds if you want to make that decision. If you're watching us online, let us know you're, you're praying that prayer. Put something in the chat. Say, I'm praying that. I'm making that decision. I want to pray for you online also. In a few more seconds. Amen. Amen. No one is physically standing, but somebody could be making this decision online. So I want to lead us all in a prayer. Would you all please repeat after me, loud and proud today. Heavenly Father, God, we believe you. We confess that you are Lord. God, please forgive me of my sins. God, please forgive me of my past. God, forgive me of my doubts. I believe in you now. Redeem my life and my future. Send your Holy Spirit as a helper to my life until you call me home. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Somebody give Jesus a shout. Or give him a big hand clap if you want. Man, God is good. So good. Man, it's so good to see you guys today. We are so glad you came and did church with us. Okay, y'all are dismissed. Have a great Sunday. And y'all come back next week. Bring somebody with you.